We jumped into the car, every key was in a traffic jam and it took like 20 hours to get to Lviv region. But it was a good decision to rush immediately because people who waited for a few days, a lot of them were killed. The Russian-Ukraine war began on February 24th, 2022, when Russia launched a full-scale invasion on Ukraine. Putin and Russia claimed that the invasion was necessary to demilitarize Ukraine. However, the U.S. and the West condemned the invasion as a violation of international law. The United States and its allies have provided Ukraine with military and financial assistance. The war has had a devastating impact on Ukraine and Russia. I have little knowledge on this war and what information I do have on this war was solely delivered to me by the mainstream media over here in the United States. The Russian president says a military operation is now underway in eastern Ukraine. A full-scale invasion that intelligence officials had been warning about. So when I had the chance to talk with Roman, a Ukrainian business owner who is now fighting back against disinformation attacks from the Russian government about the status of the Ukraine war, I jumped on the opportunity. My conversation with Roman was both fascinating, but also disturbing. My goal of this podcast episode isn't to be pro-Ukraine or anti-Russia. My goal is to learn from people going through this literal hell on earth experience. If anyone knows somebody involved in the war, whether they are in Ukraine or Russia, I would love an introduction and the opportunity to get them on the podcast so I can learn from their experiences as well. In this episode, we talk about Roman's experience fleeing Kyiv when Russia started its invasion. And we talk about his Wikipedia business at the end of the episode, and it might lighten up the mood since the first 45 minutes of the podcast are extremely heavy. So, without further ado, I present to you today, Roman Milnik. I'm excited, obviously, to have you on little backstory of even how we got to this conversation. I don't even know if you know how we got to this conversation. Uh, basically, somebody from your team reached out to me and was trying to have like you all do services for us to make like a like a Wikipedia profile for me and for my business. Um, and you know, I I'm no longer even own that business. I sold my equity in the majority of the business they were reaching out about. But I was like, this is one of the coolest business models I've ever heard of. I've never heard of somebody doing wikipedia page edits and creations for people so obviously it was like hey you want to come on my podcast uh the the sales guy that was reaching out to me introduced me to you and then i was doing research about who you are what you do about your business and quickly realized that the majority of this conversation will probably have nothing to do <laughs> with your business because you have some crazy crazy stuff going on right now where you are essentially helping fight in the ukraine war uh, but through social media, through articles, through Wikipedia posts, it's kind of mind-blowing. I, I definitely want to touch on your business because it's a very unique business. I think this is a little bit more exciting, a little more unique, and a little more important for people to hear about. So I guess I just kind of want to start there because I, being 100% like completely honest with you when it comes to like the Ukraine-Russian war, I know it like started back in, in February, I think it was, it was 2022. I thought the world was ending. I was like, oh my God, it's World War Three. I was like calling loved ones. I literally rushed. It was like 2 a.m. over here in America. So I like rushed to the gas station, filled up. I had like these gas cans I was filling up. I was like, the world is ending. Fast forward to today, 
No one really talks about it over here in America. The only time people do talk about the like Russia and Ukraine war is when we're complaining about how much money we're sending to Ukraine and arguing whether or not we should be doing that. It's literally like something that no one talks about anymore. And it's kind of crazy that no one's talking about it because people are literally dying in the streets like yeah. by the thousands and no one really cares. No one really talks about it, at least over here in America. I'm sure it's a totally different uh, experience for you. So I kind of want to just start there. What was it like the day that the war started and Russia and you found out that Russia had invaded Ukraine? Uh, yeah, it was a, a tragedy. Uh, it was a very s scary day and all of our team, uh, we just evacuated from Kyiv as we all have our office of Wiki Business in Kyiv in the center near near our parliament and it is a uh, target number one for Russian uh, rockets. So we all uh, get somehow to the western, western part of Ukraine. It took like a few days to uh, understand what's going on around and we for first uh, maybe months we closed our business and pushed all our energy and all our people. We started uh, writing about Russia's, uh, Russian crimes, about Russian uh, rockets, missiles and all this uh, stuff about war. Um, we had almost for every village near Kyiv we had uh, a battle and we started creating Wikipedia pages about every battle uh, happened near every small, small village, like 1,000 people lived there, but Russian tanks were destroyed there. It was a battle, 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 and we invested a lot of time. Uh, also, some soldiers and from security services were reaching us and asking to correct some information. For example, uh, one of the biggest uh, victories on the first weeks of uh, Russian invasion, it was Hostomel Airport near Kyiv. It should be like a land base for Russian planes and helicopters and they they wanted to conquer it and then rushed into Kyiv but this airport was defended by Ukrainians and those who defended uh, asked us to rewrite a little bit the page on Wikipedia because some facts were not true for example like not 100 Russians were killed by 200, not from this corner of that building happened, so something like that. So we were like documenting, documenting on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is most trustful and most visit, visited website of such uh, type. It's not Facebook or it's even not YouTube. Facebook can delete your post, YouTube can freeze your YouTube channel or downgrade or put shadow ban, but on Wikipedia, if you put it correctly, this neutral with no like personal judgment just fact just a good uh, source and if you uh, write a good article that russians uh, created like some genocide or killed people in Bucha, mariupol and so on so on if you uh, put some time and efforts and pick every little uh, link from every news website presidents uh, claims and so on so on you can make some narrative for example that it was really really not just some coincidence or that it was like part of a big uh, genocide action or desire of russia to destroy ukraine for example uh, one of um, good topics or like cases it was a russian propagandist posted a, an article on some russia website but it was immediately deleted, but in Google cached it. And 
what was there it was called uh, what to do with ukraine and it was like some like nazi propaganda it was about uh, kill like half of ukrainians the, the other half should be like slaves destroy all plants they should only grow some grain and don't have any machinery or any technologies and ukraine should be not included into russia but it should be like part of or should be like in the orbit of russia should and should ask for anything in russia no in, no eu no nato of course and so on so on but it was so uh, so severe as of street propaganda yeah. that they they even uh, they may maybe chief editor of this uh, of this russian big it was big me media outlet they deleted it but it was cached and it was infant public and we helped to spread it on wikipedia on many languages and people like you from america they were shocked because even now when when we are trying to uh, in Ukraine to talk to our friends abroad and tell that Russians just kill people. They they always um, have a choice not to kill or just invade the city. Okay, it was a order from Putin to invade Ukraine, but it, Putin didn't order to kill everyone or to rape and so on, so on. It, it is every time it is a decision on a very ground level for any soldier and that is kind of impossible to imagine for Europeans, for Americans, for, so to say, West, West civilization, that it can happen in 21st century, and this, this myth should be destroyed, that yes, it can happen like 100 years ago, it like just repeats in a new form, you can yeah. see drones, you can see 4G Starlinks from uh, Elon Musk, we, uh, our soldiers use, and you can see, uh, some crimes with people like beheaded and raped and so on so on so on. jeez all right well that you just gave us <laughs> gave me a lot uh, yeah. of stuff Sorry and, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is definitely going to be the uh the the heaviest podcast i've ever done um i mean you were talking about i guess like from the beginning you were talking about like the day it started you had no idea what was going on like did you have any idea was there any heads up that like hey russia or, or rather putin uh is planning to invade or was it literally just completely out of the blue mm, everyone outside ukraine was persuaded that russia will invade in the coming days but in ukraine we were all very optimistic and zelensky and our president they were all persuading don't leave ukraine everything will be good it just uh, it just uh, uh, talkings and russia is always crazy but not so crazy so almost no one believed and it was a surprise for everyone that's why so many uh, casualties as eastern part of ukraine wasn't prepared well the army was prepared and it's it's great. Uh, they that's why Kharkiv and all this northern part of Ukraine they defended it themselves. Uh, but in in a week, Russians were near Kiev. That that and they uh, went through Chernobyl uh, area. So it no one expected like that that they will conquer closed Chernobyl nuclear power station, which is still. Uh, dangerous and it has a lot of u uranium and so on so on and 
they they killed like 200 defenders on this national guard of ukraine they were just standing there they like conquered and rushed into kiev so yeah it was surprising but in a week or two ukrainians like in general felt that we can win this war and we can stand and america and europe was kind of slow in this process but america biden from the first day sta stated uh, officially that they will be with ukraine as long as 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 needed and it helped uh, just like to make this story short uh, what i know like from the news that like in two months ukrainians uh, our armed forces used all the weapons we had all the bullets and and so on and later like nato you the you the us and so on they helped us but like first two months it was only ukraine and russia so yeah. it's also a good uh, it was a good test i think even biden everyone was looking from the side if we are re ready to to defend because yeah. we had this case with afghanistan when america invested more than one trillion dollars in and created a 300,000 uh, army and half of it joined Taliban just in the first day. So, and yeah. no one knew really from in, in Western countries and I don't blame them, what will happen? Maybe Ukrainians will say, yeah, Russia is our good friend, who knows? Yeah, and, and now you said that it took you multiple days to get out of because you were in kiev right you were you yeah. were like in the center of where yes yes everything yes. was going down and it took you multiple days to get out where did you go to are you still in are you living in ukraine right now um like are you in a safe place or are you yeah, still yeah, in like a bit a, of a battle zone i'm in a safe place uh, yeah everything is okay and we are still uh, helping uh, with information for we are still, uh, for example, when a new rocket uh, rockets are shelling our cities, we are we are rushing uh, or to bomb shelters or to internet, and we are trying to public publish a new article about this and and help it spread into multiple languages on Wikipedia. Yeah, and what was what was it like trying to escape uh, Kiev? Like, was it? Because I've I've heard obviously I've only heard what I've heard over here and you know some some articles say it was easy they were able to evacuate other ones say it was like the craziest most stressful literally twenty four seven evacuation process what, what was your experience what was it like trying to escape the city it wasn't uh, for me it wasn't so uh, difficult as we. Uh, uh, me with my family we wake up at 5 a.m. Uh, when we heard bombings of Kyiv uh, we heard our anti anti air uh, missiles were hitting Russian missiles uh, we live near near the biggest airport in Ukraine like 15 kilometers so we heard this bombings and uh, I I remember I uh, have to check what's happening I opened a website news website and it says putin claimed war and the source putin's uh, direct speech and i opened youtube and he was speaking like in direct speech as that today i decided to invade ukraine uh, so on so on so on and i i hear like bombings around the cave and we 
Luckily, we have a car and with full uh, with full uh, fuel uh, tank. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you, if you are too optimistic, <laughs> you can think I will I will like uh, I will fill the tank like during like some trip. But before, I never like uh, put the car with the full tank. But before, yeah, it was my good decision, and we yeah. like jumped into the car. Every car was in a traffic jam. And it took like 20 hours to get to Lviv region, to the western part. Where yeah, I was going to say, I would assume the streets must have been completely yeah. flooded with cars. They were flooded, and but it was a good decision to rush uh, immediately because people who waited for a few days, they um, a lot of them were killed because they live, those who lived in near Kiev, on the um, north part of Kiev, they were waiting for something. And Russian just came and occupied Bucha, Irpin, those two satellite cities of Kiev. If I stay in Kiev, maybe nothing will, would have happened. Luckily, as Kiev wasn't uh, occupied, only um, only bombed a little bit, yeah. Uh, but those who rushed immediately, they were more in safety than those who were waiting. As Many many villages in Kiev Oblast were for two months under occupation, and in and in northern parts of Ukraine, those who just decided I live in a village near Kiev, who cares why Russians would come here? But they came there to those poor villages, and yeah, yeah and so on, so on. Yeah, geez. And are you still? Do you know people that are still in Kiev? Are you, do you have friends or family members that are still there, either fighting or that weren't able to make it out? Yeah, part of my team is in Kiev. They returned to Kiev as uh, to live in in a small city. It's not so uh, funny, I would say. And Kiev is uh, the biggest city. It's like megapolis for Ukraine, so it's nice to be there. And thanks to uh, Patriot uh, anti-air systems from America. Uh, Kiev uh, uh, now is maybe more s safe than any other city in Ukraine. In May this year, maybe you saw on um, even American news, uh, newspapers, uh, Russians were trying to uh, Russians were bombing Kiev with rockets every night and even twice per day. They were trying to ruin to destroy this. Uh, Air system, uh, American patriots, uh, because Putin told that oh, it's not not so uh, it's easy for us to destroy patriots, send them to us to Ukraine. They are good tar targets for our super pooper uh, missiles, uh, rockets. But uh, thanks to all these systems, Kyiv is in safe uh, Kyiv in in safety. But what I know that a lot of people. Uh, are in panic because a few hours during a night you you see all this you hear all these bombings and for children for women it is kind of impossible to to resist all this uh, and it's very hard psychologically and many many people were returning to Kiev from Europe like families and after that a new wave of migration uh, appeared as uh, many people decided it's too too early to come back to Kiev to Ukraine and come came back to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like safe. It's safe. Uh, my uh, uh, 
my uh, relative, like my nephew, he lives near Kyiv and he says like it's okay, it's okay, but his mama says that no, no, he like he's <laughs> pretending to be okay, like to be a hero, but no, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, trying trying to be the tough guy, and, and mm-hmm. really it's like yeah, let's wait a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, that makes sense. Now you were also mentioning uh, from before that that when you were leaving, that there was uh, a group of uh, Ukraine fighters. I don't even know if they were technically soldiers, if they were just people fighting. Um, and and they had defended off i believe you said it was an airport right where yes. uh they were they had defended and they defended it here it isn't yeah. ruined yep and so they said that there were like 200 or so people russian soldiers that they had to fight off and kill and then on wikipedia it was only showing 100 so i guess what is the process like how does wikipedia cuz obviously you're on the ukraine side ukraine people are going to say hey we you know we fought off 200 people Russia's going to say no, it was only 100. How does Wikipedia know who's telling the truth? How, they, how do they confirm that, that, that you're actually telling the truth when you're going there updating uh, pages? Like, how, how does that process work? Uh, Wikipedia likes to have um, a good source like New York Times, Bloomberg, or some uh, reputable European or, okay, Ukrainian source. But, of course, Ukrainians and Russian sources are... Uh, Kind of biased, so it's yeah. if you and if you edit uh, English Wikipedia, usually we try to use American or European language uh, or British sources mm-hmm. like BBC, New York Times, and it's like oh Washington Post, and it's completely okay. And if they state something, it will work. Um, uh, but some information isn't uh, like isn't shared or isn't not. Uh, uh, backed by those sources so we sometimes just put it without any source and uh, just monitor if russians don't delete it so in wikipedia in ideally you should every fact uh, prove with some source some link but if you don't have you can uh, you can like with a good faith uh, insert it put it there and maybe no one will delete it but that's also a source for fakes you can like put vice versa information uh, but what we do we try to monitor such uh, uh, such edits and uh, delete them that's also part of our job um, yeah there are some cases but it will be a like long story but usually if you don't have any source we usually also encourage our team or our friends just to put anything you know if if it's true or you know from like soldiers it happened put it there maybe in the future it will be some somehow verified and this information will be not uh, deleted or wasted yeah no that makes sense that makes sense now what is your feeling or or maybe even just ukraine's kind of sentiment towards russia russian people uh putin like what is maybe pre-war and now during the war what is the sentiment around Russia is it is it do you hate Russia do you not mind Russia you just hate Putin like what is what is the feeling like in Ukraine because I know at least here in America I mean we very rarely get invaded but we did get invaded I mean the most recent large attack would have been in 9-11 um, when the Twin Towers were knocked down it's still a little like unclear exactly what even happened which is kind of crazy that it's not been like a hundred percent you know set in stone what happened in that situation but 
I mean, it was like everyone was rocking American flags. Everyone had them outside their house. Everybody was wearing American T-shirts. Everyone had bumper stickers. It was like support the troops. Let's go America. Let's go to Afghanistan. Let's go, you know, to the Middle East and let's let's show them <laughs> who America is. Um, is like what is it like in Ukraine? I guess I can only speak from our, you know, kind of overly patriotic uh, country. So what is it like over there? I would say it's the same as you described wars uh, during 9-11 attack. Uh, Ukrainians before the war, Ukrainians really uh, tolerated Russians and even tolerated that Russia occupied Crimea and started a proxy war on Donbass in the eastern part of Ukraine. As we had before this big invasion, we had like eight years of uh, like secret war when they backed some separatists, put, um, they sent their troops with no labels and were denying that Russians are there. Uh, and 15,000 soldiers were killed during these eight years or something like that. It's a very big number, but Ukrainians tolerated and, and even traveled to Russia, to relatives, just to work in Moscow as it's a like kind of uh, big city and so on and so on. But after invasion, I, I, I can like truly say that Ukrainians hate Russians the most in maybe in our history. Uh, all the curses the Ukrainian can like imagine and say, they say, <laughs> even, <laughs> even Ukrainians um, jump into some Instagram or Facebook threads and into Russians and, uh, and text there some messages and in style, we will destroy you, Russia. You are all, you are all rapers. You are all uh, destroyers, and so on, so on. What, what are you doing? In the first months during of the war, Ukrainians were more polite and were trying to persuade Russians to do something like make a riot, uh, kill the Putin, make, change the power. You are democracy. People have the power. Please do something. Go to protests. Uh, but what? Russians replied, uh, it's, it's not a war, it's some special operation, all your photos of killed people is fake, it's all America, it's NATO, it's again America, again America, you are just a proxy state, you are a failed state, you are uh, a dog of America, you are barking at us and so on so on. We will liberate you from Americans' hand. We will liberate you from Western gay LGBTQ propaganda. We will liberate you from uh, from everything you have, and so on, so on. And after that, people of Ukraine started just uh, like don't try to persuade or to contact Russians. Just hate them and donate uh, donate and help our army and and do anything they can to makes the victory quicker yeah no i mean that's it, it i mean it kind of makes sense if it's, if it's kind of it's kind of uh, obvious i would say that we hate them it's like it's even not it's even not patriotic or heroic it's just to hate your enemy it's uh it's just biology <laughs> i was gonna say it's a human instinct to yes. to to fight you know stick up for your your team you your want country. to live yeah if you want to live <laughs> you have to hate <laughs> but we have some people who say you don't, you shouldn't hate Russians. If you hate Russians, you became a Russian too. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, most people don't... also, who says that? Is are those just people in America that are are Europe that aren't living in a war zone? I assume. Uh, 
No, in Ukraine we have some people. Really? We call them Facebook or Facebook various. <laughs> As they Wait, don't Facebook fight. what? Facebook what? Like fighters. Oh, Facebook fighters. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got yeah, it. yeah. Got it. Yeah. Or sofa, sofa, soldiers who are sitting on sofa, couch, and on the bed with laptop, and they are like trying to learn everyone how to hate Russia or how to love Ukraine. And yeah. Well, and and it's. I guess in theory they're right, you know, like in theory we should all love each other, in theory yeah. we should all get along and sing Kumbaya together and, and be one happy earth. That is what I think everyone would ideally want to have happen, and so they're probably right in that aspect, but from a literal survival instincts, uh, mm-hmm. if that's how Ukraine's sentiment was, I don't think you guys would be putting up any fight at all um and i mean you got it would just be getting rolled over and then also what's kind of crazy is the people that are saying that nowadays i mean i don't know how much you follow along with like what's going on on twitter or what was going on with twitter how elon musk was trying to buy it and trying to verify how many actual real users there were versus just ai bots and fake accounts um i mean half those people that could be saying that online could literally be just russian propagandists accounts just spreading information trying to get you guys to mm-hmm. literally roll over there's really no way to know or verify that but anyways that i mean that's all crazy now i guess i have had another question off of kind of what you were saying there um so around like russia what russia or i should say not even russia what putin and i should also say once again i'm just a dumb american that I don't speak any other languages other than <laughs> other than English, so I have literally no idea what you know Putin is saying in these speeches, other than what the translator tells me he's saying. Um, but in the speeches, he was saying stuff like, you know, Ukraine's been infiltrated; they're a bunch of Nazis. You know, they they're all trying to make your kids be gay or or trans, and all this craziness is what he's saying from your perspective, I guess, one, you probably can actually understand what he's saying. So I would be curious if that is what he's saying. And then two, I would be curious to know what is the culture like there in Ukraine, I would say pre-war. Was it very free-spirited? Let's, you know, like like big, like promoting LGBTQ, whatever the acronyms are. Like, it, was it like very, like, because we here in America have like really just two very divided sides. We have the side that's like you should love who you want you can identify as whatever you want uh and then we have the side that's like we should kill all those people and then there's like the majority of the country that's in the middle but nobody hears from them because it's not fun to be you have a, florida and california <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then you have a bunch of normal people in the middle and 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 nobody listens to them so what was it like i guess kind of just like from a social climate in ukraine before the war uh, before the war, uh, Ukraine uh, was kind of free society. We had uh, gay parades in Kiev for uh, many years, and in Russia you cannot find any. And and uh, but the Putin didn't mention about gays, I suppose, in his speech. He mentioned more about that Ukraine is an artificial country. It is part of a big Russia kind of uh, historical myth, myth. Uh, and that, uh, I, I even forgot, it was so nonsense, but kind of also that Ukraine, Ukrainian regime, like Zelensky, who is uh, a Jew, Jewish uh, by ethnicity, 
he called him like Nazi, that Ukraine is full with Nazi, who is Nazi, no one knows, and that we will help to change the regime. Like the main, uh, the principal idea was to change the regime, to make it pro-Russian, and then to change the to change Ukraine, Ukrainian politics and maybe integrate into Russia. Uh, but it started with just a war and of course no one, uh, they were sending SMS, SMS uh, messages, Russians, to all the mayors of cities of Ukraine and even to Ukrainian uh, generals and Ukrainian soldiers uh, with a text like uh, just rise uh, white flag just retreat and we will save your life and maybe you will be a ruler after we invade and conquer Ukraine, something like that. But no one, uh, no one from big public figures, uh, no one uh, betrayed Ukraine. We had some betrayals on like middle level, some policemen in southern parts of Ukraine, but they were in maybe infiltrated agents, who knows? Russia pays a lot of money usually, yeah. so I cannot say that like no one betrayed Ukraine. We had some, but like mayors of cities, even in Kharkiv, it's near Russia, and the mayor of city is Russian by ethnicity. He is he has Russian surname. He don't know Ukrainian at all, but he is uh, like more patriotic than anyone could imagine, <laughs> and it changed Ukraine. Like um, language question wasn't so high in Ukrainian society as many people speak Russian and uh, right now it's like not a question a question is if you help to if you help some somehow Ukraine to survive or, or not and if you get yeah. also many people in army if, who are like Afghanist, Afghanistani origin as we have Afghanistani, Armenian, Georgian uh, diasporas and they all they also joined forces and we have a Jewish battalion with Arabi who like make who also is serving in this army and they even call themselves uh, funny uh, we are Nazis as like Jewish who are serving in our Ukrainian armed forces they even like had some labels uh, funny labels like uh, Ukrainian battalion, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So Putin just wanted to. He said almost everything, vice versa. He said we don't want to invade or occupy, but it was his main intention. And uh, he said like uh, we don't fight with Ukrainian people, just with Ukrainian regime, but all the all the. Mm, but most of who died, they were just civilians, even not soldiers, and Zelensky and all the political elite is alive, and they don't have like uh, any possibility to destroy them. So they just uh, make, um, like decided to make uh, harm and to make pain for just for Ukrainians. It was also unbelievable. Why? But yeah. In the first days, they were trying to reach military to destroy some military bases, but in two weeks, they started to shedding bombs to everywhere they wanted, and 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 in the summer, when parts of Ukraine were liberated, in eastern part of Ukraine, in every city, as there were hundreds of bodies found, digged in the fields, in the woods, 
and the still examination processes are going on to, to estimate how many were killed. And even in the parts of Ukraine which speak Russian language, the Russians found hundreds of people who they killed. Like, I don't know for what, for what they killed. Like, even they speak the same language, so to say. They were not, not like uh, the kind of culture. Before the war, we thought that culture is similar with Ukraine and Russia as language is kind kind of shared as many people know and speak Russian and we used to watch Russian YouTube channels, Russian uh, cinema, movies and music was in uh, top charts of Google Music or Apple Music, many many Russian uh, rap stars were there and so on. After yeah. the war it changed but even now Ukrainians Ukrainians like to listen uh, some Russian music, uh, but it's more about uh, uh, it's more about like uh, not politics, but just some uh, behavioral questions. Why people still? But uh, it was a sharp decline in Russian culture in Ukraine. Uh, many streets were renamed after Pushkin or after some other Russian poets who died two two hundred years ago. Who of course who are not. Uh, bombing Ukraine right now, but uh, cities decided, okay, we will change all the names. It was not Zelensky who asked, people decided from grassroots movement was to uh, clean all this Russian culture in any way. Streets, books, libraries, uh, some uh, cinemas were named after some Russian, for example, directors, they were all renamed during this year. Yeah. And Russia... And Russia was anticipating that Ukraine will in a few years join NATO and EU and we were making good progress, we were making reforms, we were fighting corruption. Uh, the things which are, are unimaginable in Russia were happening in Ukraine and yeah. they decided to try to like to push back Ukraine. Uh, it was like their last, last chance, chance to, to keep Ukraine near Russia. And we yeah. were too, maybe too, too slow in our progress. Uh, that's why yeah. like, we were and, not so ready. And and what what is the the like thought or sentiment around NATO in Ukraine? Are people? I assume now they're probably very pro NATO. Yeah. But like before the war, did people want to join NATO? Did like what what were kind of, or did you even think about NATO? Did anybody even talk about NATO? Like what was the thought process around it? Uh, the irony is that before the war, Ukrainians were mostly not against NATO because of, uh, like, the reason was we don't want to irritate Russia or we don't want to join any military blocs. We are peaceful. Ukraine uh, surrendered its nucle nuclear, nuclear weapons in 1990s. So we are peaceful. Uh, why to join NATO? It was very... Um, I would say uh, it was not smart position, of course, but uh, half of our population was raised during Soviet times and during Soviet times NATO was like an enemy and for some reason it wasn't reverted during independence time. So yeah, it wasn't a big uh, support, but when Spain was joining NATO like 20 years ago or something like that, support level was like 20% to join NATO, but they joined without any referendum 
and after joining support level raised to 50-60%. So when NATO wants some country, it like close eyes on the like what people think about it. Yeah, it is. It is something just from the outside looking in. Just it is weird how much NATO I assume had like kind of played into this war that no one really talks about because I mean that is it, from my understanding is a big reason why Putin and Russia was freaking out about Ukraine is because they didn't want a NATO like a massive country bordering <laughs> them mm -hmm. that's part of NATO um, and now with the war it's obviously going to be I'd assume even more uh, likely that you all would want to join NATO and try to join NATO um, given and this craziness. Finland, Finland joined NATO. Yeah, because they border borders Russia. Which borders Russia like more than 1,000 miles. Yeah, yeah. Which, and I know that's been like a big issue for for Russia and, and, and yeah. having another country border them would be, uh, you know, not ideal for them. But then I don't know if this is the way that you'd want to uh, assert your dominance going in and... and essentially trying to wipe out a country of a lot of innocent civilians. Um, and, and that is something I, I was curious about as well. Like how many, I, I have no idea. I don't know if there's even something I can look up. How many civilians have been killed by uh, Russia during this war? Is there, is there like an estimate or a count of how many like innocent mm. just bystanders have been, have been killed because of this war? It's like, it's not like millions or thousands or hundreds of thousands. I think maybe ten, from ten to thirty thousands. Um, it, it's yeah. difficult to estimate, as we all know that in Bucha killed like one thousand people in a few liberated cities, like from one hundred to five hundred. But we still don't know what is going on on occupied parts of Ukraine and. Mariupol near Azov Sea, it had half million population and it was destroyed to rubble and as some someone uh, like estimates are very like uh, shaky some uh, some tells that says that maybe 20,000 people were killed in Mariupol um, and it can be true as even uh, as even some people I know, like like public figures, uh, who are from Mariupol, uh, and they say that yes, someone's mom was killed there, or some from, or not killed but died from depression or from stress. It's also a, like mortality rate is increasing in Ukraine as many people, old people, I can like feel and estimate are dying like. Because of stress, uh, yeah. many, many grandmas of my friends just died or grandpas and it's like, why? Like, I don't know, but I think all this gets to more deaths, uh, uh, like not only on, in occupied cities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a very underrated uh, killer is stress. And, yeah. Like... And for example, a few buses with Ukrainians uh, were like, uh, had like accidents on roads in Poland during first months. They were like rushing to Poland, to Germany, and maybe they were not sleeping for a few days and a lot of people just were killed on, uh, on car accidents. Uh, or some volunteers were trying to save someone and uh, I, I know some such stories. 
from my native city in the western part of Ukraine. Uh, volunteers were coming back from Donbass, from eastern part of Ukraine, just to rest for a few days. Volunteers, volunteers they were helping military and just people, and they uh, made some accident and were killed because they were not cautious enough, as they were too uh, too too tired because of the war. They they were not sleeping like they had no sleep like for two or three days, and this all year. Technically, they just died on the, on the road, but because of what everyone knows, and and no one will estimate this. Yeah, jeez, and and you'd also mentioned before something about like not only murders but also rapes, and I that's something I haven't heard about here in America is is Russian soldiers raping people, but I'm pretty sure that's like a a, a war crime. So what like what is happening around raping? people like that sounds like the most barbaric thing that could yeah, be happening it, over there it's it was a big uh, discussion and a big uh, pain in ukrainian like hearts and minds uh, a year ago uh, when a few cities were liberated and people started just saying what what happened and police and prosecutors got from women got some uh, reports and uh, and there are a lot of uh, uh, not just said but uh, recorded officially recorded uh, uh, rape uh, rape crimes by russian soldiers and it is not like one two there are hundreds of them and even main chief of like main uh, like chief spy of ukraine like uh, intelligence unit uh, in one interview uh, said that like a common knowledge here we know for example, one girl, like 10 years, was raped like 20 times, something like that, by many, many like Russian soldiers. We know, uh, and he, like, I even don't, I even didn't know about that fact, but he like said in an in interview as a common, common fact, uh, and everyone like knows. Yeah, we know this and another, another, but we we won't rape their women, Russian women. We will just kill all these soldiers, like, who made this. We will punish them. It is like justice, but we will not uh, do what they did, as it's barbarian, as you said. And Ukrainians uh, will not ever uh, repeat this, but they will punish. But it's like in in uh, in discussion. This is like these facts even don't scare anymore. It's just like just bad facts. Jeez. And in Poland, I heard also another story. There are um, some children from this. Irpin Bucha cities near Kiev, and they still don't cannot uh, say a word because of all these uh, killings and rapings. Uh, psychologists cannot make them speak; they just don't really? speak. Yeah, Jeez. it's like seven years old, ten years, something like that. Yeah. Another story. Uh, and so these are people Bronx. that are like when you're talking about these like this ten year old girl and the other people that have been getting raped. It's not even people that are like they're not raping and killing. They're literally raping and leaving behind. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's brutal. And and what is like so? I just kind of curious because I don't know how you'd escape this when like for people in Ukraine, like I get on social media, I get on. Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I'm going to get on to, to scroll around and kind of decompress and do whatever. I'm seeing videos of 
you know, the algorithm, it's showing me videos of cats and it's showing me videos of dogs playing and, and people snowboarding down beautiful, you know, mountains. What is social media? I mean, because I can't imagine any there anyone's showing anything that lives in Ukraine other than the war. It's, is there what good, is your social media look like? Question. Uh, when Ukrainians try to post all these photos or just text with effect on Twitter, Twitter puts um, holds these accounts and put them into shadow ban. Uh, it really? means you post, but your followers almost not see it, and it is not being promoted to any anyone. It's because, as you said, people Twitter, YouTube, they want to earn money and to to show good content, which uh, makes a good mood, and you smile, and you look advertisement, and you pay money for this but how to advertise on rapings, on uh, killed people. And it's also a challenge for te- uh, for big tech companies like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and so on. And they were not prepared for this, that that people would like to see this um, content. And you would also see, you would not say, I will never want to see this. You are interested, but you don't see this as Facebook decided not to irritate you or make you sad. It's their decision and how to how to make an advertisement after after some photos of killed people or even some text texts which are like uh, about what's happening in ukraine Jeez. we have a lot of photos like uh, soldiers have internet connection on the front lines um starlings uh, with the help of elon musk uh, connects like people and they share many videos photos uh, of killed Russians, of killed soldiers, and uh, but usually how it's it is being spread. It is being spread on Telegram. If you know this uh, messenger, Telegram. No, is, that, is that a what? What is Telegram? Telegram. It is made. Uh, it is kind of Russian origin, but let's keep it. It's uh, very popular in Iran, Ukraine, Russia, and kind of Brazil. Maybe in some strange countries, I would say. Mm, it's like kind it's similar to whatsapp uh, app. Mm, it's okay. like messenger messenger app but you also can have uh, news and news channels and for example zelensky our president has a chair uh, has a channel with 1 million subscribe uh, subscribers and so on and telegram doesn't uh, ban anyone you can uh, on maybe only child pornography uh, but if you share some um, both Russians show what they do with Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians share what they like, how they kill the Russians on the front line. And it is yeah, if you want to to see like um, what's going on, uh, it's most easy to use this Telegram uh, app or social network, I would say. What, uh, what is uh, the Telegram? How do you spell Telegram? For Telegram. Like- Telegram. Is it just T E L E G R A M? Yes, yes, yes. I'd be curious if if I can even download it here in America. I'd be very interested. I'll it to, is I, one. It is like top ten in the world. It is not like some marginal uh, app. It is kind of maybe one billion downloads. It it should okay. have, I suppose. It's like not some minor one. Uh, yeah, oh. but America is. America likes, should be able like, to use it. Yeah, wow. I don't know if I actually want to download it because I don't know if I want to see all this 
like yeah, crazy depressing maybe. stuff going on. <laughs> but um, I would be curious if it's something that uh, that I could even even look at. Or like, and if you post a photo of some sensitive content, as Facebook name it, uh, your account can be banned for thirty days. Shadow banned. Shadow banned. Maybe you don't know what is it. It it doesn't tell you that you are banned, but no one see your post. Like if you directly open your Facebook or Twitter account, you can see all the tweets, but you will see no one likes. But why? <laughs> because yeah. it's not being promoted into in this uh, uh, thread of uh, posts. Interesting. So so this one does this one do based off of like what's most popular, or is it just? in chronological order of what's been posted how do they how do they organize the feed on telegram uh, in telegram it's only about yeah what channels are you um, subscribed to you will see all the, their content it's in other yeah it's not like a um, thread it's only channels you're subscribed okay it's in other it's another approach and kind of uh, kind of um, useful or easy uh, when we had like thousands of news per day like russians were invading from eight di directions and uh, you and everyone wanted to know everything uh, and in telegram it's like easy as you like uh, receive like a new pop-up a new new message in news and you can easily navigate what's going on interesting and now uh i guess i mean that's that's it i'm gonna have to uh I'll have to check it out. I'll probably have to post this uh, this podcast on there because it'll probably get taken off of YouTube if I'm being honest, but um, that's okay. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try and uh, share it with some people. Um, would love to just learn a little bit more about, I guess, specifically how you're fighting back against Russia using Wikipedia, using like your experience on uh, on like just social media marketing and, and Wikipedia specifically. And then I'd also would love to learn a little bit more about the business, but can you just kind of start there? Like, how are you helping Ukraine's effort in this war uh, around online, online censorship? Okay. Yeah. Because we have a team of people who know English well and who know how to edit Wikipedia. Uh, we uh, put a lot of efforts into uh, feeding Wikipedia these pages about war crimes, uh, politics, and what Russians really think and do. And we, as I mentioned before, we created a page about this Russian uh, propaganda article, which was uh, mistakenly published and deleted, but it was all true and all what Russian elites are thinking about Ukraine. And when we see some, I would say, hype topic, like which can be interesting for everyone in uh, Western countries, uh, we usually try to highlight it and to to um, translate from Ukrainian into Russian. Uh, for example, uh, massacre in Bucha or genocide, genocide in Bucha. Uh, we expand. This article was already created by some Americans, I would say, or and Ukrainians, and we expanded it. Office of President President of Ukraine asked us to down upload some photos. Uh, from Bucha, they gave us like on a flashcard and and sent us a good in good quality photos, and we know how to upload them uh, because not to violate some copyright permissions, and we also and we uploaded many many photos all of from 
photos which states about and uh, which describes uh, what Russians uh, did in Ukrainian cities and we also uh, highlight some stories about victories of Ukrainian armed forces for example when Ukrainians uh, sink a Russian main uh, ship Moscow or Moscow uh, we also helped to create this article and and translated into Japanese, Korean, and many, many other languages in order to show their communities that uh, what we have done and that we are not just uh, asking for some help or for money, that we are uh, good in, the, as some American senators said, that, if we, that Ukrainians are good uh, in destroying Russians. It, it's a good investment <laughs> into Ukraine as you kill many Russians. It was, <laughs> Russians were so angry about this, but we we are not about, we are not working against Russians just against Russian invasion, and just for truth, and people uh, usually are maybe too lazy or not so uh, well educated to open Wikipedia, for example, and or to Google uh, for some news, and Wikipedia is also read uh, by more educated people, I would say. So we are working with those who can spread the word, and we know that many journalists who make some uh, reportage or try to write a new material on some topic, they will Google to gather some material. And what will pop up in the first place? Wikipedia, mostly. And Wikipedia is like just a good guide and you can see what links were used and you can scroll all, the, all these links and make your picture, your own like decision what to do and how and how to react. So in some way, when we mm, collect, are collecting all the all the facts and putting all those links in Wiki, in, the, in a format of Wikipedia page, we also help for future even future generations to make their picture and to understand more precisely as what was happening one year ago. I don't even uh, I can't remember very well, but. When I read Wikipedia, oh yeah, 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 it was true, yeah, yeah. But if we didn't um, write about it, or someone also wouldn't write, who would? Uh, it will just be lost, and it will be erased in some way, and will, it will be said it was just Putin, it was his mistake. Russians were good, but but when you open Wikipedia page on particular crimes crimes of Russians, and you will see those photos, you will think maybe it wasn't Putin. Who was raping those women but it it was a particular russian soldier uh, so we are making like documentation of this war of victories of our armed forces of crimes of russians of just uh, like not all, like all aspects of war we are trying to highlight uh, push into english wikipedia as it's very uh, well like indexed in google and everyone reads it who who needs it and we also translate with our volunteers to Spanish, French, German languages and help to spread the word. The yeah, word wow. I mean, that's awesome. Have you been noticing uh, like a difference? Has it been making a difference in the community in Ukraine? Are there any stories that you've heard of people actually like like reading this and like thanking you for helping out? Because this is, as you're saying, you're literally documenting history in real time, which is something that. I mean, really, in every other real major war, uh, there has not been the ability to quite literally document things with the help of smartphones and Wikipedia and social media. There hasn't been a war that we've been able to document 
in real time. So uh, have people been have people been noticing the work you've been putting in and, and, and appreciative of it? Uh, not so much because everyone uh, wants to help as he she can and many people are just fighting and many are dying and many are just sending money so uh, maybe in the future someone will uh, like estimate and will say it was a good part of your job uh, but right now it's like a mess in Ukraine <laughs> everyone is like an end trying to make some small contribution to the victory yeah yeah. But some I mean, soldiers are coming to us and asking to or to help to uh, rewrite or expand a, a, a Wikipedia page about their, their battalion or about their some chief. Uh, so yes, we are like helping to even to promote uh, battalions because it's also kind of PR. Uh, and battalions in Ukraine are trying to recruit uh, good good guys to fight, and uh, it's it's another topic. But our battalions, like we have, like kind of old one, but we have a lot of new ones which have their Facebook pages, Instagram, TikToks, we TikToks, <laughs> and they are also like uh, showing some content. And also, I think about how Wikipedia looks. Oh, it's had it. Our Wikipedia page has an old photo, not correct information. Please help us, and we are helping them. Yeah, that's awesome. And and where did you learn? How did you learn how to edit Wikipedia pages? Like that's something um, I've never even thought about looking into. <laughs> I learned maybe fifteen years ago. I was a schoolboy, and I I had an internet, and I and I like maybe heard on television something about Wikipedia and I, okay, I will go, okay. And how to create a page? Wow, it's so easy, kind of easy. And it wasn't deleted, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> and yeah, my, my first page was about a movie, 300 Spartans, it's like a Hollywood movie. I translated it from English to Ukrainian. It wasn't no way. there, yeah, and it's still there. And yeah, it's some contribution. <laughs> That's also yeah, how many Wikipedia pages do you think you've created over the 15 plus years you've been doing this? I hundreds, of course, but uh, thousands uh, expanded uh, significantly. Yeah, that it's, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it'd probably be more so editing and, and updating existing Wikipedia pages versus, I guess, making new ones from scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. very cool, very cool. And so, obviously, the way that we ever even originally got acquainted is that you were reaching out to me to help me or, or someone from your team was reaching out in the interest of me potentially wanting to hire you guys to make me a Wikipedia page or my business a Wikipedia page. Can you tell me, like, what the heck your business even is? Like, wh what does your business do? What is it? How long has it been around? Like, uh, yeah, we, uh, me and my friends, we were like editing Wikipedia just f for fun, for spreading knowledge. And we noticed that many politicians and businessmen were asking us uh, to help them to establish a page there on Wikipedia or to correct some information. And we were doing like this for free and then decided why not to charge some money for it and make it more professional. And uh, we noticed when we, we are doing it for free, we are doing it like we are do we were doing it uh, long, not so bad quality because it's for free and so on. But when uh, but when someone like paid some a few bucks, we, okay, uh, it's like it's a job and uh, a quality rise and uh, clients 
tell another people that those guys can like deliver you a good page or a good consulting with some kind of money and in some way we we became the first in Ukraine who make like an agency. Many Wikipedia editors were just editing, uh, taking some money, but they were like hiding it. This fact that it's not so good as you should be like neutral on Wikipedia, but we decided to make it like transparent. Yeah, we earn money, we publish pages, uh, we don't publish any like fake on the good on the like good companies or good people and so on so on and then we decided why not after the war why not to write about businessmen and politicians on global scale and we that's how we our people wrote to you on linkedin you're just asking we saw that you are some uh, ceo or marketing specialist like in your description and and just asking people uh, and making connections it's we do and we offer what wikipedia um, gives the client uh, when you have wikipedia page is on the top on the top of google in the indexation and mm. you have this google knowledge panel on the right corner of google search and many people appreciate this and companies and it's it's very easy to explain what what do you sell we sell wikipedia pages oh and people usually want it or don't care about it so it's easy we don't uh, try to persuade you need this please buy this no usually people are asking us can we create and we are estimating and we are saying mm, you are too young or your company is only five years old and ha has no um, media has no uh, news on bloomberg or new york times please work on your publicity make some scandals or innovations whatever <laughs> make some scandals yes <laughs> sometimes we we advise such <laughs> in such a way it's sometimes it's easier and cheaper make some stupid action and everyone will write about it and it, it will help that's so hilarious. we are that's consulting hilarious. and yeah many many consulting as people uh, want and but we uh, and we persuade uh, we consult and explain why we can create for you people are like mm, okay i said and we try to cheer them up and say you will you will have in a few years just work just believe in you <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah just just yeah, have a few more scandals or or a few more bu books published um yeah. wait so like for someone like me like I, like obviously i'm no famous politician or anything like that like what would you look at for somebody that is you know maybe not that like big or popular but you know i have some what of an online presence uh like what do you look at to be like okay chris yeah you could have a really nice wikipedia page or like eh, chris you need to go have a few more scandals and <laughs> and, and and news stories like what do you look it's for we look for news uh, for news and for books maybe and there are some particular guidelines on Wikipedia and for businessmen they are that a businessman business person should have a big company and the company like should also have its own Wikipedia page and this, this businessman should have an impact on their industry like not just but like in kind of Zach Zuckerberg or Zuckerberg or or Mark Zuckerberg or of course like Elon Musk, Musk or and, yeah. yes but even smaller one but if if the founder of a particular company is um, interesting enough for media 
because everything on Wikipedia is based on media. You can have like a modest company, but if you are a freak in some way or gives a lot of interviews and people are people like you, you can have a Wikipedia page. But if you are a smart guy, a good company, but like no news, uh, it will be impossible to publish. So yeah, we are f we frankly estimate and frankly tell our potential clients that we cannot story. Uh, what you can do, like be more active in the media field and maybe it will help you in the future. Yeah. And w what's the benefit of having a Wikipedia page? Because I literally never even thought about having my own Wikipedia page. So you all reached out to me and I was like, that's kind of interesting. I, mean, I, I still don't think I need one, but it is interesting. Um, kind of what you're saying is if I'm Googled, I'll be the very first thing on Google because it'll be my Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, but like, what are other benefits to having a Wikipedia page either for yourself or for your business? Uh, it's self-estimation, I would say, for persons. And for companies, it is, uh, they like when it, Google indexes them and on Wikipedia page uh, gathers all the basic information. And it's easy like use case startup is attracting money and if the startup has its wikipedia page um investor uh, who wants to estimate or to make some decision uh, even if he even this if this investor has some analysis and report made by his her um, uh, team he would like to also to look at this company and when he she googles his, he she sees this wikipedia page and it's it is like a sign of notability that the startup has its Wikipedia page. Not, it's not their worst startup, maybe. And on Wikipedia page, you can see like in a minute, uh, look all the history, history, what, who financed and what happened, uh, what is the business model, what is the logotype, even what is the website, how does it look in general. So it's, it's very good for startups to get the information into one place and to summarize what's, what's happening uh, with a company. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and also, I, I love what you're just saying. You kind of are getting, if if I have a Wikipedia page or if my podcast has a Wikipedia page or my business, the Arts and Fleet company that you guys are reaching out to me about, has a Wikipedia page, we're going to be in the history books of the, you know, in the internet history book forever. Whereas, yeah. you know, people that don't have, I mean, I guess social media does allow, you know, almost everybody to have their own kind of little you know, chapter in, in the history of the internet, but with a Wikipedia page, I mean, if anyone from history is going to go back and look at as close as they can be to like hard facts about what happened when humans were roaming the earth and <laughs> had this yeah, weird thing, yeah, the internet, yeah. Wikipedia would be like the first place yeah, anyone would go to together. Legacy. It's legacy that it's yeah. kind of achievement uh, or effort like youtubers like to have like these buttons like uh, golden silver it's like means nothing you have your count on website why should you have this plastic button but <laughs> everyone wants to have it and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of uh, like treatment or bonus yeah that's all do you have your own wikipedia page i probably should have looked that up before getting on here do you have your own wikipedia uh, page? no no we are not so like not so well described in the media <laughs> as some someone created for us and said that we are paid we are bad we are making money on on poor wikipedia and we decided not to delete it and okay because like even such advertisement is good 
but then those guys decided to delete it themselves as they they were trying to mock us and they decided that we can have um, like uh, results from it and capitalize on it and delete it. Yeah, just to keep it page, yeah so. and they took it down. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Do you have any like cool past clients that you've worked with or anybody like any companies that were like fun to work with that I would, I mean, I'm in America, so I don't know if I'd know any of them, but anybody that, uh, of, of noteworthy that, uh, I might know. Uh, we have a bunch of American, but we usually sign this NDA and oh, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like a trick. When I say I work on this page, someone who knows it can go to this page and try to delete it and say it was paid, it was made for money, or mm. it was created by a biased editor. And uh, so, makes sense. Makes yes, sense. Makes yes. sense. Um, well, cool. I mean. I guess I, I really appreciate your time. It was a, a very interesting conversation, not one that I was anticipating coming in like when I first messaged y'all. And then once I started doing a little more research, I was like, this is going to go not in the direction of business, which is what yeah. I don't know if you listen to any of my other podcast episodes, but they all go kind of more down the business route. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing just your knowledge of, of what it's like you know, living in Ukraine, what's like right now being a part of Ukraine, I guess really last question I have for you is if there was anything you could say to either a Russian civilian soldier, Putin himself, like what would you say? And like, what would your message be to them as far as like what you're hoping the outcome of this war is and what you hope happens in the, the not too distant future around Russia and Ukraine? I, I would suggest them to surrender and to stop this war as because uh, longer it goes, more uh, more people are killed, and uh, Russian Russian destiny as Russia as a state is in more trouble as longer they uh, make this war. So if they like stop today and try to retreat from Ukraine, maybe Russia can be saved as a country. But I, from this point, I. Uh, I don't think so, and I think Russia will be disintegrated into many parts. Mm. So it's almost an um, an inevitable uh, result of this war. Yeah, jeez. Well, I really the best way is just to stop. As someone told, if Russians, if Russia stop the war, they they just stop the war, and if Ukraine stop fighting, it will be like deleted yeah, <laughs> as on Wikipedia. Yeah. It will be destroyed, and Ukraine won't exist. For Russia, it cost it just costs some money, sanctions, but and for Ukraine, it's like it's like skin in the game, or you live yeah. or you don't live. Yeah, no. Well, I, I will say, yeah, you you're right on with that. If if Russia decided to stop fighting and pull their troops out of Ukraine and cease fire, it, yeah, Putin even well. may get some Nobel Prize for peace even for this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say that's probably the only thing because I, I know when I heard the news, I thought that Ukraine was going to be completely occupied by Russia in a matter of days. And it's been over a year now and you guys are still fighting and, and, and you know, keeping them away. And so, yeah, if you guys stop fighting, there will be no more Ukraine. And if uh, Russia stops fighting, at least at least the 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 deaths and you know god forbid raping and they will also those. save their army because it's been destroyed in ukraine so it's mutual destruction for both and ukraine knows it and russia likes to say we are so big we are so proud we are so uh, so good we cannot retreat we cannot be uh, we cannot be 
like second, we should be like the first. We cannot. Uh, we should save our phrase. But if Ukraine, it will it will disappear. So it's not it's not because Ukraine is so cool. No, we just want to live. It's very yeah. it's very basic uh, decision to fight. And yeah. Russia tries to show that Ukraine is so tricky. It uses American money to undermine Russians' sovereignty. But no, we just we want to live in our country. It's not about we yeah. don't like Russians. We don't we hate them only because they invaded, and we we can hate for many hundreds of years of destruction, of genocides made uh, during Soviet times. But we okay, we forgot about it. But it repeats again, again. Yeah. So I hope it's like f last fight with Russia, as we during 300 history we had a lot. It's like last fight, and at last everyone in the world uh, help uh, is helping us. As like world is globalized, more flat, everything is visible, and it help us. It if it happened 20 years ago, I don't know if if we had such a good uh, uh, support from NATO. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I think I think the work that you're doing around literally documenting it in real time uh, is going to be something that at least goes down in history as something that was uh, a huge positive. So I think what you're doing is, is great. And um, I think more information is never a bad thing. So getting it out there yeah. and more conversations with both, uh, you know, Russians and uh, Ukraine people is only a good thing just to hear both sides of the of the argument and end of the day all i care about being over here in america when you know it doesn't directly affect me is just let's have less people dying so uh, mm -hmm. however we can have less people dying is is a good thing so hopefully hopefully things will uh de-escalate soon and i hope you and your family are safe and i really appreciate you coming on you're welcome back anytime and uh maybe one day when i need a wikipedia page i know exactly who to reach out to okay thank you chris <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank have a good one uh, and what your country uh, does for ukraine and for your own uh, like inspiration and your own efforts I see that your uh, like your heart is with Ukraine, and it's encouraged me to make more. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, have a good one. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Chris's Secret Podcast. I am impressed that you found it. A huge thanks to Roman for joining me on this week's episode. Once again, my goal of this episode isn't to be pro-Ukraine or anti-Russia. My goal is just to learn from people that are living through a literal hell on earth experience. If you know anyone involved in the war, either in Ukraine or Russia, I would love an introduction so I can try and get them on the podcast to learn from their experience as well. It would mean the world to me if you could follow and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. The podcast is called Chris's Secret Podcast, and new episodes drop every single week. Also, if you want to see clips from the show, make sure to check us out on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We are at Chris's Secret Podcast. And if you want to get your questions answered here on the show during my favorite segment called the Mailbag segment, make sure to send me a DM on any of our social media pages or you can also send me a DM on my personal Instagram page, which is just at Chris Arslan. Or you can text me if you got my number, leave a comment in one of our latest videos, or leave us a review and ask a question in there. 
I want to hear from my listeners. So with all that said, thanks again for tuning in. And remember to figure out some ways to make some passive income so I can see you out on the slopes or on the pickleball courts. Until next time, y'all. Peace.